It's back to school time. And don't you know what? On our way to school, the second day of school this morning, when we were still not quite in a very good rhythm of getting up, getting ready for school, getting all of the things that we need, and getting out of the house to get to school on time, you may imagine that my voice was raised at a couple of points during like the 45 minutes to an hour of all of this unfolding. So that when we got into the car, there was still this bickering back and forth between the three kiddos trying to get to school. And I finally just said, okay, that's it. This stops here. No more fighting, no more bickering, no more complaining about who did what to you just now. Today is a brand new day, and it's going to be a great day. A great day to be good listeners and to be kind to one another, even your siblings. Well, then, guess what happened next? The voice from the back seat, the voice that just has to be the obstinate one, the one that just has to be like, you know, the challenging opinion, and who's probably still trying to wake up, who's probably trying to like get themselves all fully ready for the day, says to me, but you're not always kind. You got me. To which I said, you are correct. I am not always kind. Because you know what? I wake up human. And you know what? Jesus was not always kind either. Remember when last week Jesus was talking about how what comes out of us is what can make us ugly. What comes out of our mouth from our hearts, that can be what makes us unclean, not a super nice person at times. And then all the squabbling ceased, just like that, at the name of Jesus, because all of the kids said, oh boy, there she goes again. She's telling us another story about Jesus that's going to have a point. All right, well, we didn't really have much time to talk about this story in the car this morning, but this is our story for worship this week. What are we going to do with it? How do we even make sense of it? How do we even make sense of what we face each and every day in our lives? What do we do when we are so aware of every single situation that comes up in our lives when we blow it so awfully in our relationships, in our decisions, in everything else that happens to us, and it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning. What do we do with Jesus' words here in front of us today? Before we get to that, stop and think about a person or a group of people that after they leave your presence, your house, wherever you're at, you find yourself so mentally or physically exhausted. Maybe 
It's your kids or your grandkids who have thousands of questions that they ask all the time or who go around the house making little messes everywhere they go. Maybe it's the family member who just always has so much that they need from you or always see things from a little negative perspective or always is one to complain about something. Maybe it's the people that you work with that are always trying to come up with something new and different or put more on your plate or um, ask you to do things that they're supposed to be doing or always just in a different place. Maybe it's the clients that you have who you know you have to impress, you know you have to fully explain things to, you have to wow them. And after you leave, you find yourself just exhausted, mentally, physically, everything. And all you want to do is you just want a little break. You just want five minutes to yourself where you don't have to think, you don't have to talk, you don't have to be on, you don't have to do anything. You just want some peace and you just want some quiet. I'm guessing that you can all relate to that situation. Maybe the person or the group might be different, but there's been a time in your life where you just want a little quiet, where your brain just needs a break, where your spirit just needs a break. And so you find what you think is the one place where you can just get away. Maybe it's a bedroom. Maybe it's the basement office. Maybe it's out for a walk in the woods. Maybe it's behind a locked bathroom door. And then, before you know it, you are interrupted by the knock, by the greeting, by the mom. And what do you do? Sometimes you might find yourself responding with every human impulse and emotion coming out of you before you can even grab it back. And this brings us to our gospel for today. Now what follows may not be suitable for all audiences. It is a disturbing, confusing, very human look at what Jesus says and what he does one day. Jesus is trying to have a break, trying to have just a moment of quiet and peace, away from all of the crowds, not having to teach one more thing to people who are so longing to know more about this God. He doesn't want to have to lift literally one more finger hearing one more need that a person, a family, a parent has for their child. He just wants quiet. He doesn't want to have to deal with any more religious leaders, authorities, the Pharisees, the scribes, everyone who just doesn't get anything he's trying to say, who have their hands over their ears because they don't really want to hear it either. And so they just keep on challenging, 
just keep on pushing all of Jesus' buttons. Just keep on trying to make Jesus look bad because they don't want to be challenged themselves. It's exhausting work. And Jesus is probably at that point where it feels as if he is getting nowhere, as if he is making no difference, and he probably knows in the back of his mind how little time he has. And I don't know about you, but I know that when I am under the pressure of a deadline, it fuels this anxiety within me that makes everything so much worse including our frustration level that can come out at any time. And so in order to take a little break, in order to find some time for peace, to renew his spirit, to spend with God in prayer, he goes to the one place that he thinks no one is going to know him, no one's going to recognize him, where no one will have heard of him yet. He crosses the line from the Jewish territory into that of the Gentile territory, the non-Jewish territory. And at that point, it was considered unclean. Because if you weren't Jewish, you didn't practice all of the Jewish rituals that would defy a person as clean, ritually, holy, or unclean. And so he goes to this place crosses that boundary and then what happens even before he can take a breath he is noticed by this woman a Syrophoenician woman of all things this woman who has a little daughter who is very 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 sick and if you can put yourself in Jesus's shoes for just one second Probably easier to do so here than anywhere else in the Gospels. You just, you can feel all of that exhaustion and frustration in Jesus just come out without him even thinking through what he's saying. And then this woman, she doesn't turn and go away. She doesn't start crying. It's as if she acknowledges all that Jesus is. It's as if she is completely aware of his authority, of his place, not only in the world in which they live, but also in this higher world that Jesus has come to teach us about, this kingdom of God that we are a part of. It's as if she acknowledges all of that and that she is not at the same level of Jesus. But here's what she does. She engages with Jesus at that level by saying, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat of what falls from the table of the children of Israel. Those are pretty powerful words. After Jesus has just used his probably harshest, most critical tone of voice, after Jesus has probably just said the most insulting thing he could have said at that time and place. 
And then what happens? Jesus looks at her and his eyes are opened. Even in the midst of his exhaustion and frustration, in the midst of his feeling probably a little helpless about the kind of impact he's making, he sees this woman. He sees the faith within her. The faith that she has in who he is and what he's able to do. And it calls him back to what's possible. He calls him back to being able to see how it is that he can help this person who's not able to speak. Who then, of course, wants to tell the entire world of what it is that Jesus has done. And you know, we're in Mark's gospel, where there is this secrecy of Jesus' identity. Everything that Jesus does to heal people, he tells them, don't go and tell others. Which seems a little strange, doesn't it? But you have to know, Jesus was fully aware of how little time that he had. And he wanted to be able to do as much as he could before things changed. Before the authorities got a hold of him. Before his death would come to be. Isn't it interesting that this man who is not able to speak, who is healed, when Jesus was not at his best, can't stop but telling people about what has just happened. Can't stop telling people of the good news that God has just done in his life. You know, the thing that's probably the most amazing about this passage and what I think the good news is for all of us of what it is that God does through Jesus even when he was not at his best. On a day when he was so physically, mentally, spiritually exhausted what it is that God still is able to bring about, to bring goodness, to bring healing, to bring welcome and inclusion, to bring love and hope to these two people and their families. And you have to wonder, what is it that God is able to do through you and me, even when the day is not quite going as we had planned it, even when we are tired and stressed and anxious and fearful and everything else, when we are hungry and tired, what is it that God is able to do through us when we allow it, when we recognize it's a possibility? That's good news. That's good news for you. It's good news for me. When so often the things that I want to do are not always the things that I do. The things that I want to say are not always the words that come from my lips. It's good news. 
because it speaks about a God who never gives up on us, never abandons us, never leaves us, still keeps on inviting us back, calling us to be by God's side, calling us to see what's right in front of us, to hear what we need to hear. This God who keeps on giving us second chances to be a part of making healing, hope, grace, love, mercy happen in the smallest of ways that make such a big impact on the people who receive it. Can you imagine what God could do if we had a little rest, if we had a little meal, and if we had a little openness to the possibility of God working through us to bring goodness, can you imagine? Can you imagine what could be possible even at 8 a.m. in the morning? Amen. <laughs>